What is up, Woo-woo. South Point? How are y'all doing today? If it's your first time here today, my name is Craig, and this is my wife, not even close. This is my wife, Patty, and uh, we pastor here at South Point. This is just Carson. He's a homeless guy I found. Um, hey, but we have, a lot of, hey, we have a lot of people watching online. We do me a favor, put your hands together, help me welcome the rest of our family. Watch it on YouTube, Facebook, Church Online platform. Hey, we love you guys. Thanks so much for being a part of the house, being a part of the house. Um, so today, here, here, here you, need to pull out, you need to do two things. You need to pull out your note sheet, and you need to pull out this beautiful thing. So today is an exciting day, because today is the day that we take up our wild offering. Yeah. I got three people. Okay, if you are unaware of what's going on, if it's your first time here or second time, or you haven't been paying attention the last three weeks, um, we're taking up a special offering today to help us move into the new things that God has for us. Because we've been saying this whole time, and we'll say it a hundred more times today, we are stepping out into the wild, into a place that very few people are going to reap a harvest that no one is reaping, because we believe as South Point Church that God has more for us in the future than he ever had for us in the past. Come on. And that the future is going to look better than our past, because God is not done with this church yet. Yep. And if it's your first time here today, let me just say, you did not step into a church per se, you stepped into a movement of Jesus Christ. We are not stopping, we are moving forward, and I am excited about what God has for us in the future. And so last service, I stayed sitting down the whole time, and so the camera people are just going to have to figure out that this time I'm not, I can't can't talk sitting down. So here's the deal, so they're going to have to follow me, right, just follow me. Okay. If it is your first time here, you stepped into a beautiful place, and this is a place where we love you just like you are. You can come just like you are, and we love you so much that we're going to wrap our loving arms around you, theoretically, in a hypothetical way, not really actual, unless you want a hug. If you're a hugger, then that's totally cool, but if you're not a hugger, then we're not going to do that. We're going to wrap our arms around you and love you just like you are and love you so much because we don't want you to stay the way you are because we've all got a better future ahead of us than we ever... Does anybody think your future is going to be better than your... or hope that your future is going to be better than your past? Come on. I'm all in on that. I'm all in on that. And so that's what... So we're taking up a special offering today which is above and beyond your tithe. Your tithe is what comes in all the time, the 10% off of your, your finances. And then this is a special offering that is going to help us step into what God has for us and we've, we've thrown out the last few weeks, we've thrown out several ideas and several vision things that we want to see God hap- do in this upcoming year, and I believe he will. And one of the biggest seismic shifts that we're going to do is this whole online campus. And that's why I have our newly minted online campus pastor up here with me, Pastor Carson Kruger. And so I'm glad he's going to help us explain all this because a lot of you have had tons of questions, tons of questions about this campus, which I love because it shows that you're interested, you've actually been paying attention, and you're curious because there is a lot of unknown stuff to this. One of the things that we get is, if we're doing an online campus, are you going to be gone, Craig? Are you just going to be on the screen? No, no, girlfriend. You're stuck with me, bro. Bro, you you stuck with me. I'm here. I'm here. But there's a, how many know there's a lot of millions of people in the rest of the United States that would love to experience this right here? Yep. And so that's what we're trying to lean into. Have you ever talked to somebody somewhere else, you go on vacation or whatever, and they're like, well, man, I just can't find a church. And you're like, man, I wish you lived closer to me because you, should, you would love South Point. Yep. Anybody? Or those of you that are watching online, how many have said, well, 
you know, I moved and I couldn't find a church that I liked like South Point. Well, we're getting ready to up your game, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to make it oh so much better. And so it is a seismic shift in that area. And I want to explain that. But that's one of the main things that this offering is going for. And we're going to take it up at the end of service. If you didn't come prepared for that, the offering is going to stay open until the end of the year. Um, but hopefully you did. And even if you didn't come prepared or you gave online, you can fill that out there. And we're going to take these up at the end of the, the service. That's what we call this thing, yes. right? This time. We're going we're to take it up at the end of this. Um, so that's there. We'll pray over that. I need you to pull out your note sheets because I'm getting ready to give you a fast pace history lesson. How many love history? Okay. Well, it's the best. Let's do this for real. Hold up your hand if you love history. History is one of my favorite topics. Okay. Yes. All right. How, how many like math? <laughs> Satan is in those hands. I'm telling you. <laughs> Satan is in those hands. I struggle at math. Oh, I struggle at math. Um, the beautiful thing I love about history is we say this all the time, but I don't think, I think we miss the power of it. History repeats itself. And a lot of times we lose or fall short because we didn't pay attention to the history that yep. came before us because history will repeat itself. Mm -hmm. And so history right here, the first thing, um, we're going to look at church history. So you can fill in that blank. The word is history. You can just write that right in there. And I'm asking you to write this down today, whether it's on paper or on your phone. You can get the notes by scanning the QR code on the back of the seat, no matter how you do it. You can actually cheat because if you do it off the QR code, they're already filled they in. Are filled they're in. already filled in. So there you go. There's a little cheat for you. Um, but I really want you to get this, and I want you to write it down and remember it, because I don't want to fail to history. Mm. I don't want to lose the race because I didn't pay attention to where the beginning of the race was. Does that make sense? And so here's real quick, and I want to show you, because history, this is the deal. As we move into this online campus, and yes, Carson is not going to stay silent the whole time. He's going to explain this to us. But I, I want to share this with you, because it's very important that you understand that as a church, the method has to change, Yes. but the message must stay the same. Mm -hmm. The message has to change, but the message cannot. And you say, well, no, the method doesn't really have to change. Au contraire, mon frère. Because, look, um, the first church era, Pentecost to AD 30, um, actually 310, that's a typo. It's AD 310. Um, here's the deal. It's not a typo because that's what I wrote down, but I was wrong. So it's AD 310 because Ashley's sitting right here and she corrects my notes. And she's like, you wrote AD 30. I know. Let's just move on, shall we? Um, <laughs> the spiritual climate in that time was pagan, all right? Mm -hmm. It was very pagan. They didn't, they, there wasn't a lot of Jesus stuff. There was no Jesus stuff, but, you know, very, I'm saying no. I mean, there's a very short sliver of Jesus. It was a lot of pagan, a lot of idols, a lot of temples. People went everywhere for their answers and their issues. Um, and how did they communicate? They communicated orally. And, and you guys know this, right? There wasn't, there wasn't printing presses back then. There wasn't all this stuff. There wasn't the internet. Believe it or not, young people, there was not Google in 310, all right? It just didn't exist. And so everything was oral. All these traditions were passed down verbally, sitting around campfires, sitting in the home, walking back and forth to the temple, all these different things. And the response was what we would call church 1.0, okay? I mean, it's just that, it's the beginning of the church phase. Are y'all tracking with me real quick? The history will be over momentarily, but I'm telling you, your life will be better if you learn some history. Just saying. Okay. And then that moves us into the second era, which is AD 310 to the post-enlightenment period. And something, if you don't remember any other 
Christian date. Here's a great date for you to remember. 310 AD. Something specific happened. During this time period, Christians were being persecuted. They were being put in, in the Colosseum, you know, and killed by lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. You and them. Guys, come on. I slammed you last week. Hang with me, all right? Are you all with me? Lions and tigers and bears. There we go. There we go. They were being persecuted by all, these pe all this stuff. and Everything's going on. But then 310 happened, and this dude named Constantine... Constantine was the emperor of Rome at that time, and he was persecuting Christians, but then something freaky happened. He met this man named Jesus Christ, and he gave his heart to Jesus. He was water, publicly water baptized in front of everybody, and from that moment on, 310, now Christianity used to be basically outlawed. I mean, it was just basically outlawed. Constantine, since he now became a Christian, you don't make your new religion Illegal, right? If you're the leader of the free world or the non-free world, right? He, he, he made it legal. In fact, he went one step further and made it the, the, even more so. He said, listen, if you're going to be a Roman citizen, you're going to be a Christian too. Mm -hmm. He just made it. He swung and the church exploded. It grew like crazy. And the church, don't miss this, the church met the changing of the culture with a different method. And so now, you can fill in the blank there, um, the spiritual climate, now all of a sudden, it's Christian, right? The communication was no longer oral, now it's this thing called, uh, it's going to be mind-blowing, it's this thing called written. They started writing things down and even mechanized, because if you remember in the 1400s, I know all of you remember the 1400s, looking mm -hmm. at some of you, the 1400s, there was this thing invented called the the printing press, come on, anybody remember the German's name that invented it? Gutenberg. Good job, good job. I hear one over there. The Gutenberg printing press and the church, again, don't miss this, the church met the change of culture because what's the very first thing that was ever printed on the Gutenberg press? Bible. The Bible. The church was there because it recognized the culture shift and it stepped into the culture shift rather than with withdrawing and holding hands and singing Kumbaya one more time. No, they, they stepped into the change, and so th that was the response of what we would call Church 2.0, okay? Just basically Church 2.0. And then that brings us up to, y'all still with me? How about y'all? Okay, I feel like y'all are really good today. I'm so proud of you. Y'all got saved. I love it. Questionable. Okay, um, the third church era is the 2010s to the present, all right? And right now, our spiritual climate is... is not Christian. It's post-Christian. Yep. Even in the Bible Belt, where we are right now in little old Mississippi, our culture, yes, we're all here and that's great, um, but the culture is now post-Christian. We used to be the middle of the page and now we're on the margins, barely. Mm -hmm. Are any of you old enough to remember blue laws? Some of you, I'm not, you ain't old enough, but you know how to Google, so you can Google blue laws, all right? There used to be laws keeping Christianity in the middle of the map. We set the laws, and we're no longer there. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And so we have this post-Christian culture that the church has to now step into and respond to the culture, but again, not changing the message. I mean, think about Chick-fil-A. What does Chick-fil-A make? That's the wrong answer. They make Jesus chicken. They make Jesus chicken. Y'all know that. Chick-fil-A can add all kinds of stuff, and they're constantly doing that. But what is one thing that never changes about Chick-fil-A? They make, they make Jesus chicken. That's what they make. They make Jesus chicken. And so the, 
The method has to change, but the message never can. It has to stay constant. And so our communication nowadays is what? Is it oral? No. Our main communication, I'm like, you're talking. I get it. Our main communication is it's not oral. It's not even written. It's digital. It's, it's digital. You say, no, it's not. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, your kids can't even read cursive. They don't even know how to sign, like, the proper signature of their name no longer exists. What is going on in our world? I asked my son one day, I said, yeah, it was just some paperwork. Or I said, just sign your name right there. And he printed, no, uh, Wendell. I said, no, no, sign your name, son. I did. Sign, he didn't know how, they don't teach cursive. Why? Okay, and we can all complain about that if you want to, but the truth of the matter is, culture has shifted, and so it's, we can stand around and complain about that all day and die in our complaints, or we can recognize that there has been a seismic shift in our culture, and as a church, we have to step into it if we're going to remain relevant and continually advancing the kingdom of God and winning people to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We yeah. have to do that. It's, it's just a, it's a must. We don't have a chance to. If we don't do that, here's what's going to happen, and you can go to Italy with us one time, and other parts of Europe, and you can see these churches that refused to change their methods, and now they're nothing but museums or archaic destroyed buildings, right? Because they didn't keep the method current. Does the message change? No, ma'am. But the method has to change. And so that's one of the things that we're doing this year at South Point. We're trying to step into this this. Digital world, and a lot of you have questions like, okay, well, you already, we already do, we stream service online. Okay, everybody's streaming service online. That's, that's nothing new. But what we want to do is actually meet the need that's there. And that's going to take some different tools. And so today uh, is a little more teachery, and I want you to understand that. And some of these, you might be thinking, well, Craig, if you're taking up an offering today, should this not be an emotionally moving pitch? To move the hearts and spirits. I mean, if I, you don't move me, I'm not moving off my pocketbook. You know what I'm saying? If it takes emotions to move you off of your pocketbook, then please keep sitting on your pocketbook. Because I would rather have people that know what they're investing in mm. because the harvest on what they're investing in is going to reap huge dividends. And I'm not just running to you. Because anytime, oh, come on, you know, anytime you are emotionally moved to buy something, Black Friday, you will regret it very quickly. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to regret anything. Yeah. But I'm so excited about our future because I feel what God's going to do and it's going to be massive and huge and I can't wait to invest in what God is doing because we're going to an area that nobody's going to in a way that nobody's going to to reap a harvest that nobody's going to. Mm -hmm. And I'm stoked about it. All right, so I'll sit down. Carson. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. Everybody buddy. say hi, Carson. Okay. Hey, guys. Since you are our newly, freshly minted online campus pastor, yeah. you have all the knowledge all of, of the internet. You know everything there everything. is to know. Everything, okay. You're basically Google. So, okay. With yeah. hair. Yes. What are some things, okay, help explain this to us because anytime you do something brand new, like you say, well, other churches are streaming. You're right. Well, that's not what we're doing, mm -hmm. okay? Um, so I need you to explain, break this down to us, help us. Help us older people. You got it. With a little, I have a little wisdom. Help, help us, tell us some tools we need. You got to it. To make this happen. So the biggest metric is 
thinking about what it looks like being at the South Haven campus versus online. So first off, for the South Haven campus, if you call this home, right, if you're in here more times than you are watching online, this is not going to change. It is going to be an experience where Pastor Craig will get up, our worship team will get up. We will keep the same flow that we have had. We will continue to innovate and change things in-house, but we're not going to shorten the experience here for online. That's not what it's going to be. This is going to remain what it is. Pastor Craig will be here on Sundays leading that message. And if you are that occasional person that's saying, well, I, I stream the, the worship occasionally, right? We all wake up a little late. Come on, somebody wakes up. I've done it, right? Um, you'll have one opportunity to watch this experience. The same thing we have seen for years. The same camera angles, the same worship experience. And that will be at like 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. And then it will go away. Because this is why it's changing. The online campus is not an extension of what we do here. It is its own experience for people. If you are an introvert and you go into a room this big, it can feel extremely overwhelming. It's the same thing if you're watching online. If you are someone who really enjoys a worship experience before getting ready to listen to the word of God and hear kind of that teaching message experience. If you've ever watched our online experience before, hello people online, thank you for being with us. Worship is not always the best. And it has nothing to do with our team and it has nothing to do with our technology. It's just it doesn't translate. It just doesn't, right? And so we want to make the online campus an opportunity for people to experience Jesus very practically. So there's three things for it. We all get online for three things. And you may argue with me on this, but I can guarantee you I'll give you every chance to do it. But we all get online for three things. We get online because we want to connect we get online because we want to learn, grow something, right? And we want to do because we want to find love. So real quickly, think about everything that you go online for. Or I go shopping. You're probably trying to grow in an area, trying to connect to something. Well, I'm trying to find more friends, so you're trying to connect socially. Well, I, I want someone to tell me that I'm doing okay, so you're looking for love. And the problem with what church has done and what we are trying to change is that we have tried to create a fourth metric instead of speaking into the metrics that already exist. Church for too many years on streaming has said it's got to be love, connection, growth, and then Jesus. Instead of saying, hey, we already know that you go to grow. We already know that you go to connect. Why don't we speak into that with something that's practical for you? So what a worship experience on the online campus looks like. It's an encouraging welcome to someone who's talking to you in a one-on-one -on -one experience and giving you that face value instead of speaking to an entire room of people. It feels welcoming. It feels intimate. It feels like you can be able to connect to one person instead of trying to learn the faces of everybody. It actually provides you an opportunity to select your worship. Because I know for me, sometimes I come in on a Sunday morning, and as much as I love our worship team, I don't love every song that they pick. I'm kind of, man, I'm, some what? days I'm you like, don't I don't love every no, song. No, sometimes, man, I've heard enough Brandon Lake to last me for a lifetime. And I just need, <laughs> I need a little bit of Gaithers. Maybe I need something a little more hard rock. Man, maybe I just want some relaxing piano music and James Earl Jones just to read the Bible to me. Mm. What about Carmen? Can we bring Carmen no, back? No, we're never we're doing Carmen. Carmen back. But it will give you an opportunity to select your worship. So we will, we will pray over every message series that Pastor Craig leads here. We're going to create the same experience online with a studio recording, right, that gives you, again, this one-on-one -on -one experience. It's not speaking to everyone. It's speaking to you. When you go online, you want to connect with someone and you want someone to see you through that digital screen. You don't want someone to see you and then be looking at everyone else. You really want to feel that connection with one person. And that's what we want to do with the selectable worship. If you're not liking what we've selected, select something else. And then jump back on for the message. 
and the message will be shortened because I love everybody in here, but if you look at me and say, I listen to the whole service, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. At some point, you've paused it, you've skimmed, you've done something because our attention spans. We scroll, okay, 25 and under, let's talk about it for a minute. We scroll for 15 minutes on average before we find a video on TikTok that we actually watch all the way through if it's over 60 seconds. So for people in the older generations, right, we're trying to meet both ways by giving everybody an opportunity to find something that they can digest and they can still connect, they can still grow, and they can find love. Here are just a couple of practical things that will be on the online campus that are unique to it. We're going to empower people to take their passions and provide programming. And so if you are someone who enjoys working on motorcycles and you're also a Christian, which is, you can do that, right? You can work I, on I think. Yeah. I, I think. I don't think I saw that in like. Next you're going to say, oh, you're a Christian with tattoos. Right. So, yeah. I, mean, so, I, don't, I don't know. But maybe that's something you have a passion about. How cool would it be if you had the opportunity to share what you do and what you love to other people and show that I can be uniquely connected to Jesus in my own relationship and so can you? Because we all go online to look up and learn something. How cool would that be if we offered that to them? And so that's what the online campus will have. It will have programming for, for people to find whatever it is they're looking for. We're not creating a fourth metric. We're meeting you where you are. And we have people that have, at love South Point. We have people that watch online because they don't live close to this campus because they, they've moved away and they haven't found that place where they are. And so they're still streaming our service. But we want to take it a step further because we want to empower them and we want to kind of go a little old school to be a little new school. And what we want to do is we want to go at the very beginning of church history, churches were home churches. They were small, intimate groups that met together and talked about this guy named Jesus. And they talked about ways they could be empowered with his life-giving message. We want to do the same thing for people all across the world that say, South Point is my home. I can't come to the physical campus, but I watch every Sunday. I have discussions with my family every Sunday. So what does that look like? That looks like for the first time ever, giving the people online, yes, all you people that I love so much and get to hang out with every week, saying what is the thing in your community that you wish you had? What is the thing that you wish you could open your space for? I'll give you one of them. We have a couple that lives in Texas. They've moved away. They've been gone for several years. They still watch every single Sunday. And they sent a message into our social media page, and they said, hey, we really love what the messages are going. We love this series. We've really been inspired by it. I said, that's awesome. How, you know, have you been watching online? Just started a conversation. And they said, we haven't connected in a church around us because there's not one for a special needs ministry. And so what they did is they said, well, when you get these, these home churches started, and we're calling them pinpoints, just like on a map, no matter where you go, you can find South Point on a map near you, right, by dropping that pin. We want to make sure to, to give them opportunity because they're going to start a special needs ministry, and they're going to use our worship, our service on the online campus as a space to meet. It's not just creating every type of church you've ever had. It's what is the passion? What is the thing in you? We've got people that have come to me and said, I really want to lead devotionals. I want to provide discipleship courses. I want to provide opportunities. It is a place to go and connect. And it's not 24-hour on demand, and it's not every, just every Sunday. It's throughout the week because we want it to be a place that you can go and connect, grow, and find love. Mm -hmm. And there are so many people so many people that th they can't make it into this experience because of church hurt, because they just don't know what it is, and you're trying to talk in a language that they just don't get. It is post-Christian. If you have kids in the room, just ask them about their day at school. In their day at school, they had a UFC fight in fifth period. They had a full-on language barrier breakdown by third, and by the time <laughs> they left, it ended up being a full rumble royale for everybody. 
Why not speak into those moments instead of trying to work against it? And so those are some of the things that we are trying to create because we really want this to be something where we empower people to take what they're passionate about. And so what I want to tell everybody is out there, there's a QR code by the info desk as well as my men. Send me an email with what you are passionate about. It may just be, you know what, I don't want to do any content, but I'd love to be a resource. We actually have a text number that we've been using for the last six months that is solely there for people to text in if they need prayer, if they need support. And we have seen some amazing conversations of people having their life changed. People have tried out South Point through that, and they have found that it's not just about reaching people where they are. It's actually empowering them and showing them there's somebody else at the other end of that text message chain. And I honestly love this because what it does is it puts us back to where the church was. The church used to have one goal, to love those that were impoverished, to love those that were vulnerable, the widows and the poor. And the big church, we have forgotten the very beginning of what Jesus said, which was to go out and love people where they are, make disciples of the world, and pour into people. Doesn't matter what they're going through. And I think we get too comfortable and we almost want people to like Jesus the way that we like it. And we want to convert people and we get mad. We're like, if we just want, if you could just buy into the way I'm telling you about Jesus, that would be great. Instead of saying, how can I help you see that this guy is more than anything you could ever imagine? I will give give you every tool in my tool belt to help you get this. I'm not just going to use worship. I'm not just going to use social media. I'm not just going to use in-person conversation. I'm going to use everything I got. And I promise you the relationships and pouring your passion into somebody, whether it's in-house or digitally, that will change their life. One thing I love about South Point that translates into the digital world that no one else is doing is the authenticity that this is not a performance. This is not fake. This is not, a, this is not factually remade. This is real. This is a real experience. When you see the online experience, man, it's, it's, it's raw. We make mistakes. We, we joke. We, we slip up on words just like we do on stage. We're not going to cut that out in the power of the edit. We're going to go Unless I in. cuss. Well, yeah, yeah that. If but I we, cuss, I'm going to cut that out. But we want to make it authentic. We want to make it real because... I think too often the, peop- the reason people don't trust the online streaming of services or they don't buy into it is because they think it's fake and I can't be fake like that. How awesome would it be if it was actually authentic enough to be something you buy into because it's yours. Yeah. So yeah, it's, and, it's really and awesome. Jesus tells us how to step into this culture. He really does. Mm-hmm. Look at, look, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. <laughs> there in your sermon notes, message notes, Matthew 5, 13 says this. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under the basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand and where it gives light to everyone in the house. See, here's the deal. He tells us salt, you, we don't get this nowadays because salt, we, like we refrigerate things, right, so it keeps them. But salt forever, has, and it still is, we just don't use it this way, is a preservative, right? It will preserve something. Like, for example, um, if you took a bone-in ribeye steak, mm. come on, something, just take a minute. Mm. The Lord be magnified in all his ways. And if you're vegan, I will pray for your salvation. All right. If you take a bone-in ribeye and put it on the counter, you buy it at the, the butcher, you bring it in, and you lay it on your counter, and you leave it there for two and a half weeks, untouched, no salt, no refrigeration. In two and a half weeks, what's that going to be like? Mm. 
But you look at that, you know it's going to stink, it's going to be a different color, it's going to be probably flies, it's just going to be nasty, nasty. And nobody walks in and says, well, why is the meat decaying? Well, why is the meat decaying? Because meat is going to do what it's going to do if it's not preserved. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't miss this right here. We spend a whole lot of time complaining about how our culture is decaying. The real question is not why is the culture decaying. The real question is where's the salt? Where's the Christians to stand up and say, no, that is wrong, this is right. You might think just because you've all of a sudden thought that this is right for you, that it's right for you. No, wrong is still wrong and right is still right. The Bible lays that out and Christians are supposed to be the salt to step in and to stop and to slow down the decaying of what we see happening in culture. So you can complain all day long about, well, the culture's falling apart, it's decaying. It is. But as long as we just hide in our little huddles, our little holy huddles, and hold hands and sing kumbaya or yow around the fire one more time, ha, we're missing what Jesus told us to do. He said, if you're going to step into, and I need you to step into this changing world, be the salt. It is our job. Every time I see a culture travel the world, go to different places, the more I see a culture decaying, the more I see less and less Christians showing up to the fight. It goes hand in hand, and we wonder what's happening in America. I'll tell you one thing that's happening in America is we have less and less Christians showing up and standing the line and saying, no, 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 you can cancel me if you want to, but I'm going to speak the truth, and I'm going to stand for the truth, and I'm not going to be falling back and forth, going whichever way I feel like going. I'm going to stand for the truth, and this is where we are, and we're going to help. That will help stop and slow down the decay of our culture. The other thing he tells us to do is to be the light, right? He told us to be the light in that verse. Light is this. So if the salt stops the decaying, light, what does it do? Light reveals the way. Come on, how many times have you ever bumped your toe on the bedside thing, whatever, on the way to the bathroom? Is that just me in the middle of the night? Come on, somebody, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to turn on a light, but your wife will yell at you. I mean, okay, hold on. You want to turn on the light to keep from doing that, but even if you were alone or whatever and you turn on the light, what is what, the first thing, what? It's, it's, it's blinding, it's bright, it's a little bit painful. How many know the truth, when you first hear it, is painful? That's why you start with grace, but the truth, just because it's painful, doesn't mean you don't turn on the light. I think I need to say that again. Um, you might have a little pain when the light turns on, when the truth comes to you, but it will save you a greater pain of stubbing your toe and cussing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that's what light is. So you, you can fill in the blank. You can write this down. Salt is a negative influence. It works, it works against something, right? That's, it works against the, the decay. Light is a positive influence. It tries to bring something. It brings the truth. It brings the way. The way, the truth, and the light is this man named Jesus Christ. And he does not cower or cowtail to your opinions and thoughts. He stands the truth. He is the line. He is the truth. So, yeah, and the third fill in the blank is we're going all into the world, and this, the online campus, and what we're trying to create in social media and what we're doing is, it's this idea of stopping the scroll. 
we ingest so much social media, we ingest so much stuff digitally that I don't even think we realize how much time we spend. Do you ever wanna just see how much time you spend just ingesting content, taking in different things on the internet? Do you have an iPhone? Just go to screen time. And the reality is whenever you open up any app, whether it's HGTV shopping, QVC, or YouTube, you have two choices. You have the vices on that app or you have the virtues. And what I really want is I want this place to be an, an opportunity for us to be the positive corner of the internet that shows more virtues. Is it going to be against what culture is saying? That's probably going to sting some people. Is it going to be a radical idea that has changed people's way of thought because we are in a post-Christian world? Yes, it is. But I promise you it's the only thing on the internet that has been true enough that has lasted from the beginning of time. It's the only thing. And so I really know that if we can lean into this and we can make something that gives people an opportunity to see something that can be life-changing. Going into the digital world is going back on something that Paul did in the middle of his ministry. Paul had been leading and growing in churches and, and spreading the gospel. And he had this revelation when he was writing this letter in Corinthians. He had a revelation of what it really meant to love people and you got to think about, Paul was writing letters to the churches that were all across the world, and every church looked different. Every place that they empowered and, and created people to see this experience in Jesus Christ all looked different. But this is, what, this is what stayed uniquely the same. It's 1 Corinthians 19.23 says this, Now, even though I am free from obligations to others, I joyfully make myself a servant to all in order to win as many converts as possible. I became Jewish to the Jewish people in order to win them to the Messiah. I became like one under the law to gain the people who were stuck under the law. Even though I myself am not under the law, I didn't compromise the message of Jesus. I didn't go back to the way I was. I didn't throw more judgment and more hatred. I just showed them that there was something different. There was a better way to do this thing called a relationship with Jesus Christ. A lot of us are still stuck in the old ways of how we used to live with Jesus, and we go back to that because that's more comforting, even though we're putting more judgment on ourselves and then pouring that judgment on others. And I'm guilty of it as anybody, so it's not just me saying it to you. And to those who are without Jewish laws, I became like then, the ones with Jewish laws in order to win them. Although I am not outside of the law of God, but under the law of Christ, I became weak to the weak to win the weak. I have adapted the culture of every place I have gone that I could more easily win people to Christ. I have done all this so that I would become God's partner for the sake of the gospel. We are partners to the world that is crying out for something more. And you can stand on the corner and yell it the way you've yelled it for years, or you can adapt that maybe, just maybe, there is a new way to do it, but the message has been timeless this whole time. Yep. And I would rather go through life saying that I changed everything about who I am to people in the way that I bring the gospel message instead of just staying the way I am. And I know this is personal for me because all of us, especially if you've been on this ride with Jesus for a minute, my goodness, how many times did he come after you and chase you down and show you his love mm -hmm. through so many different avenues. Yep. My youth pastor tried with worship, he tried with messages, he tried with teaching, but after a 15-year relationship, the one fundamental thing that he did was he was always authentically changing who he was to meet me in my need, but he never compromised the message of Jesus Christ for me. And so I saw through my people in my life, I've seen it over and over. And I know for every one of us, if we just leaned in and thought about how Jesus reached us and keeps reaching us, man, 
Because it's, we, we're, we're studying the Bible and praying and reading the exact way we were 10 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. No, we're not. We are adapting, and we have got to adapt. And the change is going to be tough, and it's going to keep things. And next week, Pastor Craig's going to talk about, you know, ways that things that really hinder us from stepping forward into change. Because it's not just our comfort. A lot of it's just the things that we just don't want to let go of and give to God to step into it. But God is looking for people to be radical world changers. And the only way you're going to be a world changer is by loving this world enough to be radical for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in a couple of weeks, we're going to step into the online campus together. And we are going to all try it because we've got some holidays coming up and we want yeah, to get so everybody this. We're all going to go. We're all going to a different campus for December 24th and January 31st. So what did I say? What did they put in this water? I <laughs> December 24th and January 30. They got it. We're good. They're all good. Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. See what I did there? Oh, yeah, January 31st is the end of the month. Christmas. Christmas Eve, that's that authentic thing right there. That is sick. Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, we are not doing in-house brick and mortar service. We are all going to be on the online campus together. And some people are, I know, every year I get this. Why are we not doing service on those two Sundays? Because here at South Point, we are a family church. And I believe our volunteer team needs to be with their families. I believe you need to be with your families. And so that's what that is. And so, but we'll all still have an opportunity. And I love this because we all have an opportunity to experience it together. This online campus, I'll be on there and we can all talk and chat and you can make fun of me while I'm on there. Um, All right. But that's what we're stepping into. So I want you to grab your offering envelope. And in just a second, they're going to sing a song. We're going to come down front and there's these beautiful archaic computers that we had the idea to make them offering boxes, which I think is pretty cool. Um, I'm sure you get the symbolism. You might want to come down front just to look at the museum piece that is down here. Um, We literally dug these out of the trash, which is hilarious. Um, But as you get your offering envelope, here's here's what I want you to do. Even if you didn't come prepared to give, even if you're not going to give, if you're like, I don't have the money, I'm not doing that, here's what I'm asking you to do. Will you come down front and put an empty envelope in here? Because I think we need to stand in solidarity. To me, it's a step of, you know what, I might be in a situation where I am not financially able to do that. Okay, man, I, I'm, not, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to woo you one way or the other, I'm just saying. But one thing or another, you can vote with your presence. You, you, you tracking with me? So just walk down here and put it in the, in the, in the box. And I, I do hope that many of them do have money in them because it will really make this thing happen. Because it takes all of us to make it happen. It's, if it's just me, it's not going to work. If it's just me and Carson, it's not going to work. If it's, even if we get Katie to sing up background music or whatever, it's, it's not going to work. We need all of us to make this thing happen. And so will you stand with me, if you will? In the bottom left corner, if you're going to pledge throughout the year, you can put that in there. And then there's the push pay total if you're giving online, which would be great. And then also, I love this, I love this verse, Isaiah 43, 19. I will make a pathway through the wild. And I feel like that's what God's doing right here at South Point. So we're going to give the offering, come down front and do that, and then return back to your seat, and we will close in prayer. But right now, can you just put that envelope in your hand? Come on, put it in your hand. Heavenly Father, we love you. Father, we thank you for this moment in time. 
And Father, I just thank you for the families in this house, those that are giving online, those that are online right now, giving online. Father, I just ask that you bless them. Father, we're not saying that if they give $100, they'll get $300 in return. That's, I'll be honest, that's garbage. But what we are saying is we, want, we know it's better to give than receive, and we are going to be blessed because we are a part of the blessing. And so, Father, right now I ask that you touch the families of this house, that you touch the people that are willing to step out and make a difference of something that they hardly, probably can't even see, but we're together stepping into the wild to go find those lost sheep. We're leaving the 99 going after the one to make a difference in somebody else's life because somebody did it for me and somebody did it for you and now we want to do it for somebody else. And so Father, the message will never change. The message is always that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He came back to life three days later and if we will believe in him and trust in him, we will be and are saved. And so Father, right now let the blessings flow. And let this cool, crazy, wild idea come to existence. And we love you, Father. And we thank you for this moment in time. And we thank you that we have the opportunity to be a part of what you're doing in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, come on, guys. Sometimes I wonder if he's faithful. Does he see me in my trouble? Does he understand? Sometimes I question if he's able. Can he rescue? Can he save me again and again? But when I look back, did he move every mountain? Did he part every sea? Yes, he did. So yes, he Sometimes those voices try to tell me I've forgotten and I've fallen too far from his hands. But I know what kind of God he is and I'm trusting in his promises. I'm believing and I'm singing, yes he can. Did he move every mountain? See you.
talked about a lot about today. I talked a lot of stuff today. There's going to be a QR code on the screen right there. If you want to take your phone out and scan it when they put that up, it's going to be a short little video that you can share with people that covers all of that in a very, very short, abbreviated thing. All right, let's pray the benediction. We will get out of here. You ready? Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Go get them, boys and girls. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>